0: This morning's sermon is entitled Five Reasons Why Christians Should Not Obtain a State Marriage License. Five Reasons Why Christians Should Not Obtain a State Marriage License. Every year, thousands of Christians amble down to their local county courthouse and obtain a marriage license from the state in order to marry their future spouse. They do this unquestioningly. They do it because their pastor told them to go get one, and besides, everybody gets one. This morning, I will attempt to answer the question, why shouldn't we go get one? And this will not be a comprehensive discussion on marriage licenses. Rather, it is designed to get you to think and to give you a starting point in order to do further study on your own. So let's stand up and we'll open up in a word of prayer and then we'll mosey on through this. We give thanks and praise unto you, Father, that you uh, have preserved your scriptures down through the years so we can know your ways and your thoughts, so that we can see error when it's in front of us. Father, I just ask and pray that you use this sermon for good, Father, that It would be used by you to see your kingdom furthered in this earth, to see your name glorified, and to see liberty preserved. And I ask this in Jesus' holy name, Father. Amen. You could be seated. The first reason why Christians should not obtain a state marriage license is that the definition of a license demands that we not obtain one to marry. We shouldn't get a marriage license because the definition of a license demands that we not obtain one to marry. What do I mean by that? Well, Black's Law Dictionary defines license as, quote, the permission by competent authority to do an act which without such permission would be illegal. Let me repeat it to you. Black's Law Dictionary defines license as, quote, the permission by competent authority to do an act which without such permission would be illegal. The question we need to ask is, why should it be illegal to marry without the state's permission? And more importantly, why should we need the state's permission to participate in something which God instituted? What if the state says no? You know what I'm saying? You go and you ask their permission to marry by going down to the county courthouse to get your license, and they tell you no. Then what do you do? You need to understand that the authority to license implies the power to prohibit. The authority to license implies the power to prohibit. A license, by definition, confers a right to do something. The state cannot grant the right to marry because it is a God-given right. The state grants privileges. Rights come from God. It's a basic tenet you need to understand. Marriage is a God-given right. We should not need the state's permission to marry, nor should we grovel before state officials to seek it. So many unquestioningly go and get the marriage license, but yet I wonder what people will do when they come out with the parenting license. Right now, if you read periodicals and whatnot from universities, the educational elitists in our country are pushing on a consistent basis for the last decade now the idea that people should have to get a license to be a parent before they can become a parent. Not only are the educational elitists in our country pushing this mindset, but there are some government officials pushing this mindset. In fact, in five state legislatures just a few years back, they tried to pass state laws requiring that people get a license from the state before they can have a child. Being a parent is a God-given right. You should not need the state's permission to be a parent. And marriage is a God-given right you should not need the state's permission to marry. Do you know that work is a God-given right? It is a gift from God that you have every right to participate in, and yet right now the state wants you to get a license for many, many occupations. The state wants anyone 17 or under to get a permit from them, permission from them to work before they can work. Everyone went along with this and said, go ahead, you can license us. You can make us get your permission to work. And this is not right. We shouldn't need a license from the state to work because God gave us the right to work. We shouldn't need a license from the state to be parents because God gave us the right to be parents. We shouldn't need permission from the state to marry because God gave us the right to marry. God instituted marriage, not the state. If you doubt me, read Genesis chapter 2 and read what Jesus said in the Gospels regarding marriage. God instituted marriage. The Bible is clear that we need to obtain God's permission regarding who we marry, not the state's. And the Scriptures are also clear that young men should seek their father's blessing in who they marry, and daughters need to seek their father's permission in who they marry, not the state's permission. God is your sovereign. Jesus is your king, not the state. And that brings us to my second point as to why Christians should not obtain a state marriage license. The first one is, the definition of a license demands that we not obtain one to marry. The second reason is the marriage license invades and removes God-given parental authority. Did you hear that? The marriage license invades and removes God-given parental authority. When you read the Bible, you see that God intended for children to have their father's blessing regarding whom they married and daughters were to be given in marriage by their fathers. Deuteronomy chapter 22 verse 16, Exodus chapter 22 verse 17, 1 Corinthians chapter 7 verse 38 makes this plain and clear in the Bible. We have a vestige of this in our own culture today in that the father takes his daughter to the front of the altar and the minister asks, who gives this woman to be married to this man? And the father says, I do. Historically, there was no requirement to obtain a marriage license in Colonial America. For those of you who are thinking about the morning roast, let me repeat that for you. Historically, there was no requirement to obtain a marriage license in Colonial America. When you read the laws of the colonies, you see only two requirements for marriage. First, you had to obtain your parents' permission to marry. And second, you had to post public notice of the marriage five to 15 days before the ceremony. That was the two requirements. Notice in colonial law, in the early state laws of our nation, notice you had to obtain your parents' permission. Back then, you saw godly government displayed in that the state recognized the parent's authority by demanding that the parent's permission be obtained for a marriage to take place. Today, the all-encompassing, ungodly civil government in America demands that their permission be obtained to marry. By issuing marriage licenses, the state is saying You don't need your parents' permission, you need our permission. If parents are opposed to their child's marrying of a certain person and refuse to give their permission, the child can do an end run around the parent's authority by obtaining the state's permission and marrying anyway. Is this not true? This is an invasion and removal of God-given parental authority by the state. So the first reason we shouldn't get a marriage license is the definition of license demands that we not get one. The second reason is a marriage license invades and removes God-given parental authority. The third reason we should not get a marriage license is because when you marry with a marriage license, you are literally a polygamist. From the state's point of view, When you marry with a marriage license, you are not just marrying your spouse, but you are also marrying the state. Now, many people doubt this, but nevertheless it is true. Just read case law in American Jurisprudence and you'll see that that's true. But the most blatant declaration of this fact, that the state views you marrying them, not just your spouse, when you get married with a marriage license. The most blatant declaration of this fact that I have ever found is a brochure entitled, With This Ring, I Thee Wed. This brochure is found in county courthouses across Ohio where people go to obtain their marriage licenses. It is published by the Ohio State Bar Association. The opening paragraph under the subtitle, Marriage Vows, states, quote, Actually, when you repeat your marriage vows, you enter into a legal contract. There are three parties to that contract. Number one, you. Number two, your husband or wife, as the case may be. And number three, the state of Ohio. When you marry with a marriage license, you are a polygamist. You're not just marrying your spouse, but you're also marrying the state. The state knows this. The lawyers know this. That when you marry with a marriage license, you are not just marrying your spouse, you are marrying the state. You are not just making a vow to God in your spouse, but you are making a vow to the state when you marry with a state marriage license. So, number one, we don't want a marriage license because of the definition of a license, of what a license is. Number two, we don't want one because it invades and removes God-given parental authority. And number three, you don't want a marriage license because you don't want to be a polygamist. Number four, when you marry with a marriage license, you grant the state jurisdiction Over your marriage. When you marry with a marriage license, you grant the state jurisdiction over your marriage. Your marriage is a creature of the state when you marry with a marriage license. It is a corporation of the state. It's not just you and your wife. It's you and your wife, Inc., (laughs) as far as the state's concerned. It's a quasi-contractual agreement between you and the government. Therefore, since you are a corporation of the state, a creature of the state, therefore they have jurisdiction over your marriage, including the fruit of your marriage. And what is the fruit of your marriage? The fruit of your marriage is your children and every single piece of property that you own. There is plenty of case law in American jurisprudence which declares this to be true also. In 1993, parents were upset here in Wisconsin because a test was being administered to their children in the government schools which was very invasive invasive of the family's privacy. When parents complained, they were shocked by the school bureaucrats who informed them that their children were required to take the test by law and that they would have to take the test because the government school had jurisdiction over their children. When parents asked the bureaucrats what gave them jurisdiction, the bureaucrats answered, your marriage license and their birth certificates. I remember people calling in from all over the state on radio when this took place in 1993, Bureaucrats in different parts of the state were telling the people their kids had to take this because we had jurisdiction over them because of marriage licenses and birth certificates. That's what the people were saying, calling in. You grant them jurisdiction over your marriage when you marry with a marriage license. This has far-reaching implications. You need to remember your children belong to God and to you not the state. So now we have four reasons covered why we should not, why Christians should not obtain a state marriage license. Number one, the definition of license demands that we not get one. Number two, a marriage license, marrying with a marriage license is the state invading and removing God-given parental authority. Number three, it makes you a polygamist. And number four, you're granting the state jurisdiction over your marriage if you marry with a marriage license. And number five, and finally, is when you marry with a marriage license, you place yourself under a body of law which is immoral. By obtaining a marriage license, you place yourself under the jurisdiction of a body of unbiblical immoral law. Under these laws, you can divorce for any reason. Often the court side with the spouse who is in rebellion to God and castigates the spouse who remains faithful by ordering him or her not to speak about the Bible or other matters of faith when they're present with their children. You've all heard these stories. See, the government has a special court set up just for those who decide to marry with a marriage license. It's called family court. And they have laws which you placed yourself under when you got that marriage license. You placed yourself under the jurisdiction of their laws when you obtained your marriage license. And those laws abide to you. I've met many a good Christian man or Christian woman whose spouse has left them high and dry because they turned into, re- into rebels against God. And I have heard the woeful stories of what those godly Christian men and women have gone through in these courts. It's a sad thing. And the reason these courts had jurisdiction over their marriage was because people went out and obtained a marriage license. As a minister, I cannot in good conscience perform a marriage which would place people under this immoral body of laws. How can I in good conscience do that? Why would I, as a minister, marry someone with a marriage license so that they could be under the jurisdiction of laws which said you can divorce for any reason? Why would I put a couple under that body of law which rewards the one that's in rebellion to God and harms and castigates the one who remains faithful to God? I also cannot marry someone with a marriage license because to do so, I have to act as an agent of the state. Literally. I have to sign the marriage license. I have to take the marriage license. I am acting as an official of the state. I am their representative as a minister. It is my responsibility to take the marriage license, place it in the envelope, address the envelope, seal the envelope, and mail it to the government. I will not, as a minister of God, act as an agent of the state. And that's why I don't see how any minister can marry with a marriage license. Given the state's demand to usurp the place of God and family regarding marriage, and given its unbiblical, immoral laws to govern marriage, it would be an act of idolatry for me to do so. It's plain thinking in my mind. When does the state have jurisdiction over marriage? Because the state does have a role to play when it comes to marriage. And there are times when the state does have jurisdiction regarding a marriage. God intended the state to have jurisdiction over a marriage for two reasons number one, in the case of divorce, and number two, when crimes are committed i.e., adultery, bigamy, etc. In those two cases, the state has a role to play. It can take jurisdiction in a marriage, in the case of divorce, and when crimes are committed. Unfortunately, the state now allows divorce for any reason, and it doesn't prosecute for adultery. It's totally abandoned it's God-given function when it comes to marriage. In either case, divorce or crime, a marriage license is not necessary for the courts to determine whether a marriage existed or not. What is needed are witnesses. And that is why witnesses should be recorded both on the marriage certificate itself and by keeping the wedding day guest book. You do not need a marriage license to determine that a marriage exists. You need witnesses. That's all you need to determine that a marriage existed. Let me share with you a little of the history of marriage licenses in America. And it's an amazing history. I would encourage you to get some books, you know, if you have time, to read about it. Up in the northern states, in the New England area, there was actually... No ministers marrying anybody. The Puritans had fled from England regarding religious persecution. The last thing they wanted was the church having authority over marriage because what would happen in England was if you didn't kowtow to their form of Christianity, then you weren't getting married because the church had jurisdiction over marriage in England. They declared marriage to be a civil contract, which, by the way, I disagree with. But I can understand why they did it, given the historical context of what they fled out of. They actually had laws which made it illegal for a minister to marry anyone. Only a civil magistrate could perform marriages in New England, colonial New England. In the southern states, it was a little different. In Virginia, for instance... And by the way, this is great history showing you the war that went on during that whole time from the Reformation on, the war that went on between church and state. It's an amazing thing to watch. In Virginia, they had the law state that you had to be married by a minister, a minister from the Church of England. See, the people who wanted the civil magistrate to do the marrying there lost out. The church won there. That was what the law required. It had to be a minister from the Church of England. This went on for over a hundred years. This was in the 1600s that they established that law in Virginia. It was about a hundred years later, Patrick Henry came down the road and saw a minister being whipped. He said he was being whipped so bad. In his memoirs, he said the man was being whipped so bad he could see the bone from his ribs, that's how bad he was whipped. You know what he was being whipped for? Preaching without a license. He did not preach under the domain of the Church of England. And for that he was being whipped. It was that incident which made Patrick Henry into the great patriot that he was. That's what ignited the fire in his soul. And Patrick Henry was a great Christian man and one of my heroes. Him and Samuel Adams are my two favorite from the whole revolutionary period. So you had a mishmash of laws back then regarding marriage. But this you need to know. There was no requirement to get a marriage license. So how did we come to this place in America where marriage licenses are issued? This is how we did. Historically, all the states in America had laws outlawing the marriage of blacks and whites. In the mid-1800s, certain states began allowing interracial marriages or miscegenation as long as those marrying received a license from the state. In other words, they had to, as Black's Law Dictionary states, receive permission to do an act which, without such permission, would be illegal. There were laws against interracial marriage, but now certain states started saying You can do it if you come and get permission from us first. Black's Law Dictionary points to this historical fact when it defines marriage license as, quote, a license or permission granted by public authority to persons who intend to intermarry. Intermarry is defined in Black's Law Dictionary as miscegenation, mixed or interracial marriages. That's how marriage licenses came into being in our country. Now, give the state an inch, and they will take them 100 miles. Or as one elderly woman with more life experience once said to me, give the state an inch, and they'll take 10,000 miles. (laughs) Not long after these licenses were issued for interracial marriages, Some states began requiring all people who marry to obtain a marriage license. In 1923, the federal government established the Uniform Marriage and Marriage License Act. They later established the Uniform Marriage and Divorce Act. But in 1923, they established the Uniform Marriage and Marriage License Act, and by 1929, every state in the Union. Had adopted marriage licensing laws. So, this is a new phenomenon to this century. You need to understand that. So, that's a little bit of history about how we got to the point in America with these marriage licenses. What should we do? Is that not a good question? In light of all the information I just shared with you, this is what we should do Christian couples should not be marrying with state marriage licenses. Nor should ministers be marrying people with state marriage licenses. Now, inevitably, people always ask me, Pastor Matt, should I go get divorced so I can get the state out of my marriage? (laughs) I always counsel, no, don't do that. And the way I look at it is, we went and got our marriage licenses ignorantly. We're in this thing and, oh well. I would not go into their courts and divorce my spouse just to get the state out of my marriage. Rather, what I believe we should do is raise up a generation of children that know what it means to be free, to be free men. And we should teach them not to get a marriage license when they marry. That's what I believe. Some have said to me, if someone is married without a marriage license, then they aren't really married. Some of you may have heard that too. Some of you, I've married here, and I know you've heard that too because you don't have a marriage license. But some have said, if someone is married without a marriage license, then they're not really married. I respond by saying this. Given the fact that states may soon legalize same-sex marriages, we need to ask ourselves, if a man and a man marry with a state marriage license and a man and a woman marry without a state marriage license, who's really married? Is it the two men with a marriage license or the man and the woman without a marriage license? It's a great question, isn't it? Such illogic leads to the false conclusion that prior to the existence of the marriage license, there were no legal or lawful marriages. Their thinking is so illogic to say that you're not married unless you have a state marriage license. Such a logic leads to the false conclusion that prior to the existence of the marriage license, there were no legal or lawful marriages. In reality, this contention that one is not really married unless they obtain a marriage license from the state just reveals how statist we have become in our thinking. We need to begin to think biblically. Let me say this also while I'm on this topic. Some people say to me, but Pastor Matt, we need state marriage licenses. Otherwise, the homosexuals will start marrying one another. Listen to me. This is my response. You don't need marriage licenses to remedy that problem. All that you need to do is outlaw homosexual acts as they should be, and then there will be no homosexual marriages. When I marry a couple talking about what should we we do. When I marry a couple, I always buy them a family Bible, which contains birth and death records and a marriage certificate. We record the marriage in the family Bible. What's recorded in a family Bible will stand up as a legally binding document in any court of law in America. It will be received into evidence in any court of law in America. Now listen, you need to understand that if you marry with a marriage license, you are entering into a contract with the state. No one makes you sign that piece of paper. Bill Clinton wasn't standing there when you signed your marriage license saying, sign punk or die. You know that. You voluntarily give your signature on that piece of paper. No one makes you sign it. In Wisconsin, they have marriage laws, which they say you must marry with a marriage license. But it doesn't penalize you if you do marry without one. No, rather, the state, in all its craftiness, as they always do things, goes after the the minority. You know, they, they don't make laws that affect um, the employees by making laws directly placed upon the employees. No, they always go after the minority. They go after the employers and make them do certain things which affect the employees. Well, in this case, they don't go after the couple, which is two. They go after the minority. They go after the minister. He's only one. (laughs) So they they want to criminalize the minister for marrying without a state marriage license. Six months in jail, $10,000 fine. The Department of Health and Human Services has already written to the district attorney here about two years ago informing him that I was marrying people without marriage licenses and wanted him to do something. I haven't been prosecuted yet and I would view it as a great opportunity to educate a lot of American people if they want to take up the ball and make an issue of it. Because with me, it's a religious conviction and I'm not going to marry anyone with one. Period. There's a list here that I want to share with you about proper marriage. How do we do? Remember, this is under what should we do. Number one, you can publish the marriage bans prior to marriage. Sounds fine to me. We have a vestige of that in our culture today, do we not? Just pick up your local newspaper and people are announcing their marriages. Mothers and fathers announced the marriage of their daughter to so-and-so. Right? It was a law in colonial America. It was a law in, uh, in the early states that you published them. So you can publish it however you want to. The purpose of that law was to guard against incest and bigamy. That was the purpose of that law. I don't publish the people who I marry's marriage because I only marry people in the congregation and I know them well enough know that there isn't any incest or bigamy taking place so anyways you can publish the marriage bans prior to marriage number two parental consent I only marry people who have parental consent I don't care what age they are I want to know that their parents are not opposed to that marriage Uh, number three you need to get witnesses for your marriage a minimum of two. Remember God's law? No one dies without two or three witnesses. <laughs> <laughs> at least somebody caught it. <laughs> okay. But <laughs> well, you should have witnesses for your marriage. At least two. There should be a marriage certificate, I believe, in the family Bible which should be signed by the minister, by the husband, by the wife, and by the witnesses. Two of the witnesses. You can have more than that, obviously. That's something that you should do. And you can also take that marriage certificate if you would like and take it down to the Register of Deeds and file it with them. Most of them won't take it nowadays, but you could still try just to give it a whirl. (laughs) i got nothing better to do on a weekday afternoon or something. But that's what we should do as far as it comes to marriage. Let me close with this. Thank you for your patience. Let me close with this Genesis chapter 2, verses 18 through 24, talk about marriage. It has been the teaching of Christendom down through the ages that in this passage of Scripture, God instituted the marriage bond between a man and a woman. What is marriage? Marriage is the joining together by God of a man and a woman of like Christian faith in order to raise a family and exercise dominion. Through marriage, family government is established. The man with his helper wife exercised dominion in the family as custodians of children and property. The right to unimpaired ownership and inheritance of land and other property is the foundation of the family's existence, liberty, and prosperity. For by virtue of such ownership, men cannot be enslaved nor dispossessed by either their neighbor or the state. In the family, the husband under Christ's headship is in loving authority over his wife and children, and both parents are in authority over the children, as directed by the Bible. When you read the Bible, you see clearly that the family's chief end is to glorify God, obey His laws, advance His kingdom, and enjoy His blessings. My point is simply this. When you read Scripture, you see plainly that God is the institutor of marriage and the family is the curator of marriage. My contention is that through the marriage license, The state is attempting to declare itself the institutor and curator of marriage. The state says you need our permission. God says seek me for your spouse and your father's permission. The state says we'll govern your marriage. God says my word is to govern your marriage. Govern your marriage by my word. Let's stand up and we'll close in a word of prayer. Father, we thank You for this time that we had to view this important matter once again on this Mother's Day. I pray that You take it and use it for good in the hearts of these people to instruct others, O Lord, to see Your thinking propagated throughout this earth. Father, I pray that You take this little pamphlet that we're putting together here at this church regarding this matter and that you bless it and see it proliferated all around this nation. May it be used by you, O God, to reform the culture that now presently exists. And I ask this in Jesus' holy name, Father. Amen.